Space in between. It's a six-part um, self-documentary on me, basically, just generally uh, helping you explain my mental state. I'm basically doing this for two reasons. Um, one, because um, it's a cool way to like document my life, and maybe like along the line in the future, I can listen to the audio again and just like. Oh, okay. Oh, oh, that happens to me. That one happens to me. And um, two, it's a form of therapy because it also helps me as well, according to what I've Googled, because I Google a lot. Um, where do I start from? Okay, I think I should start like a proper introduction. Basically, everything in this um, audio is 100% true. I will not fabricate a thing. You know, when you're making conversations with people, uh, there are some few lies you tell them because like you want to you don't want them to know the whole truth but you still want them to perceive you as an honest person like this whole um this whole um podcast this whole documentary let's call it an audio documentary uh, is basically all truth all facts every single thing so if i ever told you something and then you listen to the person i'm like oh, that's not how you said that story happened well i didn't want to tell you what really happened <laughs> So this is the actual truth behind me. Um, I think I'll start with uh, introductions. But before I get into the um, introductions, I dropped an introductory audio above this first episode. And I really like if you guys to listen to it first before you continue along the path of this episode. Because some of you may have some certain questions as to why I'm doing this. Even though I've already explained it, you people still want to know why exactly I'm doing this. So, um, listen to the audio. And I'm pretty sure people won't listen to the audio. So, I'm still going to put the audio uh, like after this. So, um, you know, let me just put the audio first. So, after I've played the introductory audio in this episode... I'll continue. Welcome to the space in between. It is an audio documentation of the struggles and my trauma and where I am mentally, where I wish to be in the future and where I was mentally. I'm trying my best to do this, so please listen to the whole freaking introductory audio. Rule number one, I am not doing this for fame, fortune or anything. Trust me. I'm doing this because I feel it's a better way for people to understand me without dwelling into a deep, long conversation. Why have a conversation about my life where it's be hard for me to talk about it when you can just listen to my six parts and then never talk to me again <laughs> so no i am not doing this for fame fortune or to gather sympathy or whatever from anyone or anyway so please get that stupid idea out of your mind if you think i'm doing this for attention i've lived my whole life without having people without talking to much people and without telling people my story to the point people think i'm very mysterious so please please don't it's a documentation of my life 
basically it's my documentary without having to write because i'm i'm a writer but i'm a very lazy writer so as you listen through the episodes you can understand the kind of person i am emotionally as well because i I dwell into everything my family my life relationship religion and then generally who i am to the world so basically that's it so stick around for that and um getting to know who joshua is all right um my full name my full name is um uh Joshua um from Imo State. I was born in two thousand and two. For a period of time I thought I was born two thousand and one or two thousand because I think there's a um there's a period where my mom um changed the year a little bit. I don't know maybe she did it intentionally or on or accidentally. So for a period of time I thought I was actually older than my age uh, you understand so um i'm actually born 2002 um september 19th is my birthday i am the last born of a family of uh wait, is that how you must understand this <laughs> i'm the last born i have two elder siblings i have a sister her name is um Wenyechi nicole of Weibo. a brother named prince chimaobium of Weibo, or chimaobium of Weibo. Uh, but my auntie used to call him Prince Will. <laughs> my mom really hated that name. But uh, Prince Will. So uh, my dad's name is Samson Ofwebo. Uh, my mom's name is Pamela Ochina Ofwebo. Uh, so basically, our family. That's basically every single person in my family. Um, the story about me and where my whole trauma and my whole um, downfall began was just because I think we we used to stay in Festac. I think that's like my earliest memory. We stay in Festac. I used to I, I knew it because every day my dad would cram the address into my head every single day. Oh we stay in five one two road block five flat thirteen. Literally I can never get lost. So even if I'm like stranded somewhere I, like oh no that child is calling me how old are you i'm like eight but i still know my address like i stay five one two road road five block <laughs> so um my dad crammed his phone number into my head the youngest and i'm not talking about cram like oh every day read he beat the shit into my head to the point i remember <laughs> to the point i remember and uh, the address but i, I understand his like reasons behind it so uh, it's all cool um so we stayed in Festac, all of us, me, my dad, um, my mom, everybody. Uh, my sister was in like SS3, my brother was in like GSS3, yeah, while I was in like primary four, primary three or something, I don't remember. I was still a baby, I was still enjoying them um, Nickelodeon stuffs, you know what I mean? I didn't give a fuck, man. You know, the best part of my day was coming back from school and saying like, plantain is ready for me and i eat my plantain and i'm watching some some cnn or some animal channel or something all those um retarded children's channel that study that study commercial with hey kids <laughs> oh my god um so yeah we, we all stayed in first like we're a happy family um my dad was basically the provider we had this very red camry car that I really hated because of the color, but I loved the inside because it was always cool. My dad always put on the AC. Um, my dad was basically during this period was like the breadwinner, and my mom was still trying to get her foot up in like the media business and everything. Um, but I think along the line, um, I think my sister went to school. Or, no, along the line, 
um my mom hit a big with a woman called mo abudu and i think she was involved in a show called moments with mo and like i think her and mo got like a series of connection in the sense of like my mom could do her job efficiently and mo planned on creating the first ever pan-african entertainment like channel i think that was like 165 ebony life is ebony life blah 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 so my mom had to leave us in first act and go to calabar but it's only at times that she would come back to like maybe on december she would come back to first act so my mom was like you know why don't you guys just all come to calabar like all of you guys just all of you guys just come i want to see my babies i want to see my boy boys <laughs> stuff like that and uh, by that time, I think I was in like primary six, and my brother was in um, SS3 or something. So he wrote his exams. So, because him and my sister are already like almost entering school, my sister already entered, like she's a year in, my brother's about to enter, or she's two years in, my brother's about to enter. I don't really know the, the math around that. They were free to go to Calabar and stay with her. And I wasn't because I had to first do my like, what was that exam called when you go from like primary six? to gss one i'm in retard forget about it <laughs> um so I, I had to do the exam before i could go and my dad was the only person staying with me staying with my dad was difficult because my dad wasn't like my mom my dad is more like iron fisted but like he's also kind but it's like iron fisted majority of the time he's always right that's basically what i'm saying he's always right if you did something if you did something wrong i'm the one apologize if i did something wrong I'm the one apologizing. If the rat did something wrong, I'm the one apologizing for it. And um, then we had this um, friend. That's what I call him. He's a friend, but like I think my dad brought him from the village. His name was Chigozi. He was my best friend. We used to play paper ball in my room. Paper ball is like where you like fold the paper into like a f- uh, a box shape. And then you write the name of like, oh, this is Mbappé and number 20 something. And then you not design the paper so like it to look like a jersey. And then you not make like 11 and substitutions and everything. We made the post and everything. And because um, my room was like, my room had like an empty space on the right side. Uh, and it was long. It looked like an actual football pitch. We even drew the circle line and everything. So it was really good. Uh, what was so what pissed me off was because Chigazi knew how to play this game better than me. He whooped my ass every single game. Anytime that I actually won, it was by God's grace. To be honest, I literally freaking hated him for that thing. He whooped my ass like every single freaking game, and <laughs> I just I just stopped. He whooped my ass when we we're playing when we we're using Kanta. Kanta is like that. Um, plastic thing on fantas i don't know i'm explaining this thing to you people if you're a true nigerian i think you should know what kanta is if you don't know what kanta is you're just gonna say psychiatrist or something you're mentally deranged or you didn't maybe you were born 18 maybe you didn't have a childhood i don't know <laughs> so um it used to be me at the game and i really really hated it so chicas was my friend and if we're all moving back to like um we're all moving to Calabar, chicas would have to go back to the village but i didn't realize this at that time because I hated him because he beat me at the game and like I didn't care about it. So um I finished my exams. Thank you, Jesus. I didn't fail because if I had failed, I would have received the ass whooping of my lifetime. And we all moved to Calabar. And I think as we moved to Calabar, I wasn't that fat personally speaking. But like I ate the shit out of like food. They were giving me food, like, 
ate this shit out of food like rice eba, everything like, it was they were, were feeding me like after i've eaten they would give me more they would give me cake give me ah, my mom took care of me like she didn't even know she was harming me but she took care of me i loved that for that so i started i didn't complain because like i don't know man it's food who, who rejects food apparently not me until i got like i think again like 15 or 20 like i was a very fat child i was like i used to say this joke every time i was like one plate of rice away from heart attack or death <laughs> um so we all stayed in calabar it was a fun moment in our lives because i think we stayed there for i think three years my brother stayed there for four years since they were like a year they already stayed there for like a year before i came so i stayed there for like three years from like gss1 to gs3 i was about to enter ss1 stayed there for three years it was lovely um so gss1 was a beautiful period um gs2 and then um i think gss3 was uh i think that was a period where like my mom called me to the room and then like my dad was like coming on coming to the room and then i think i can't recall okay, for this part i can't tell you what really happened but i think that was the day that she told me that she had like um breast cancer so but i was still young i knew cancer was bad but i didn't know like if how was particularly bad i thought it was like oh, okay it's something like if they oh drip drugs you know hospital life can fix it yeah yeah that was literally what i mind. i cried when i heard the news and i was scared but like after i thought my mom told me that i would be fine that she's on medications and blah 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 i was like i no problem cool 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 and every day i come back from school i'll see her on day star i'll see her on the she had like one chair whenever you come into the parlor she had like one chair um on the right towards my room and she always used to turn the chair towards the tv and she'll be watching either daystar or tvn or something she shall be watching like a christian channel and then you just see like like my mom was like a big hardcore christian uh, that was like the scariest thing about my mom um like a big christian like i don't know my dad always says that she had like a different kind of like relationship with god because my mom could sit as you said my mom could sit in a room and say god i need a new car or more this old car that the company is giving me is not good and within that week or the, the week after she, she has been given a car and a driver like it was crazy <laughs> it was it was crazy um uh it was just things were just really looking up for every single one of us like we were even planning on like traveling because my mom had a twin sister in um america so we're planning on traveling leaving calabar and we were just all of us were just step brother just chill like i looked forward to my future my future was looking all my future was twerking in my face like you want this you want this boy <laughs> uh yeah um november 7th i think if it's november 7th or 9th please go forgive me i can't believe i forgot the day um i think i, I remember because i was young i remember waking up I'd been asking my mom for a guitar because of my school music. Kinikon, Kinikon, they wanted me to get a guitar. And I remember waking up. No, I didn't wake up. My sister came to wake me up. 
but my sister had like a sad expression on her face and before that i was even pre- planning on like pretending i was sick we all do that trick when we're young pretend you're like you're sick so that like uh, i don't want to go to school today <laughs> so that was like my plan i'd already woken up like 10 minutes ago and then i now went back to sleep so that whenever somebody tapped me i'll be like uh, 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 uh. <laughs> so my sister woke me up with like a sad expression on her face she was like, come to the parlor. I was like, ah, no problem. Came to the parlor. Um, I think, uh, I think there was, a, I noticed a lot of men around like the chair, the opposite chair, besides like the chair my mom used to sit. My mom used to sit on the right side, but there were a lot of men on the left side of the chair. Like in, on the left side, on a different chair in the parlor. So people won't get confused. Um, I, I went, but the first person I saw was like a friend of mine. I forgot his name. Not a friend of mine, Shai, because he's older. I mean, like, he was like 20 something. I'd be like 30 something. He was holding like the guitar I requested in his hand. And when I saw it, I ran. I was like, oh my God. Oh, my guitar. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Took the guitar, uh, sat down, and I was checking out the guitar. And I was, I don't say I was too young not to notice that something was wrong. Right? Like, something was wrong. My dad came up to me and he had tears in his eyes and then he had like a very like the saddest expression I've ever seen on his face and he looked at me and he was like Joshua Joshua I looked at him I was holding the guitar I was like your mom is dead I was like I didn't notice anything and then I looked towards like the place where the people were sit- were standing around and I, was, I realized oh this were like doctors and pastors and stuff and then they cleared the path and I saw it for the first time I didn't even cry I don't think I remember crying I was just silent I dropped the guitar on the floor like like everything in my hand just I was shocked but I didn't cry maybe because I still hadn't realized the full um I was in GSS too sorry just so that I won't confuse the time I still hadn't realized the full extent of like reality yet. Like reality hadn't hit me yet. That oh my god, this person is never coming back again. And I looked at it and then I looked at her, sorry. And then I was like, it's a lie. I went, I started tapping, I was like, ha ha ha, like this is a joke and stuff. But like she didn't move. And then the cries just became louder and I was like, oh, shit. That was it. The guy that to the morgue. And, um, next thing we know, we're all planning like the burial. My grandmother and my uncle came all the way from Imo State that very same day to come and see us. It was crazy. I didn't even know like you could reach us that close. So, came all the way from Imo State to come and see us and came. I still hadn't cried. I had not cried yet. I just went to the room and I was playing um, um, football because we had like a PS3. I was playing football in my room with uh, someone I forgot his name. I don't know if it was my brother. My brother was in school. We had to call him from school. Like, we didn't want to tell him at first. And then, it was when he was seeing it on social media, like the company she was, my mom was working for was posting RIP, RIP. Then we now told him. 
and then we like he has to come home and all the tarun and um yeah i hadn't cried went for the burial um it was still sad but i hadn't cried throughout the whole process i even got so drunk that was the first i actually got drunk i drank like four cans of um monster bees i don't know what the name is i should have drank four cans of it the alcoholic kind and after like the whole um burial was over and i should have been laid to rest um took the um pan just drank like four took the microphone from the mc the person was in church i just started rapping like literally embarrassed myself that day but like maybe people just saw it differently maybe people were like oh my god poor child he's trying his best to like hide his tears by like singing and they literally came they were dropping money i made 11k that day <laughs> so sad um we go back after the burial to um um lagos i mean sorry it's calabar and um They didn't cry it was one day when i was coming back from school i was climbing up the stairs towards my house because when you climb up the stairs my house is on the right and then i saw a portrait of my mom i've never seen before in the portrait she was smiling i think it was like when she went to like a press conference with like the company and everything she was smiling and i looked at that picture and i realized that ah, you're never going to see that smile again because every time i come back from school no matter how sick my mom was no matter how tired she was no matter every time i came back from school she always gave me that smile even if she was upset with me and even if i was going to chop an ass whooping that day <laughs> she'd always smile like oh welcome back mm, mm. she never do me a little dance with like her hands mm, mm. and then me tell her not to do that mm, mm. so i saw that portrait and i realized that wow she's not coming back and for the first time, I cried like my intestines out. I cried everything out of my soul. And it was crazy because as I was crying, um, the uh, gateman, I'll be the person in charge of the area security and stuff, he heard me cry. That's like how loud I was crying. He came up, he carried me up to my house. My dad opened the door, he saw me crying himself was sad he's trying to comfort me uh that was it that was one of the darkest chapters of my childhood because after that month like a month after the burial when we came back i was going back to school things just went downhill for my family every single person every single person our situation emotionally mentally physically because my dad lost weight apparently i didn't lose weight which i don't know why but <laughs> my dad lost a lot of weight emotionally physically mentally like financially we just went down everything just left So that's family and death. That's the first chapter of my 
spiral down this lane of who I am mentally. And not a single day goes by where I don't at least remember her. Uh, because, like, who doesn't want to have a mom? <laughs> like, uh, uh, so to people who have, like, mothers alive now, and you guys are fighting over something petty, like maybe you didn't give her a change or whatever, just freaking just drop the mother. You don't even know. You don't even know what can happen and what life can do to drift to people apart. Just come close together, solve your issues, hug your mother, tell her, mommy, I love you. Just do all the things that people who aren't as privileged as you can do. Yeah, please. If you, if you want to honor my memory, just, <laughs> just fix whatever relationship you have with you. Make it better, make it stronger. Because trust me, it'll be very beneficial for you. There's nothing sweeter than a mother's love. Trust me on that one. And for people who um, don't have moms and, and know exactly what I'm going through, you guys are the real G's. Um, and I want to tell you, I know it never gets, it doesn't get easier, but um, it will get better. I think so because I'm still also fighting the demons. Like that's like my number one demon. Um, but it will get better. I promise you, it will get better. Thank you guys for listening to the part one of my documentary titled Family and Death. Uh, The second episode of my documentary would be The Human Named Joshua, part one, because it's a two-part series. This one dwells into my life while I was in Calabar, after I left Calabar, and till the the very point we are in right now. So that's why I had to cut it into two parts, because it's a long-ass story. I have a long-ass story. And um, thank you all for sticking around this long. Um, share the link of the podcast to anyone who you feel, oh, who you feel would benefit from hearing my story. And like anyone who's having issues with their mom or whatever, tell them to go and listen to this thing. And tell them to go and reconcile. Because I didn't have a close relationship with her like that. Because my mom was never really around during my childhood. She was always busy. She was always going to work. And I only had like two years with that. So if you people have been with your mom for a long time, and even if she goes to work, but you see her majority of the time, but you have a relationship with her, you have no excuse. You can make amends, you can fix that relationship for crying out loud. And um, yeah, thank you all for listening to my podcast, my documentary. I don't really care if people listen to it. It's just, like I said in the introductory audio it's something for me to listen to later on along the years and go yeah i've come through i've gone through a lot i've come from a lot and it will get better it will get better for me and for you guys too as well and everyone that's going through a particular loss maybe it wasn't your mom it was your dad it will get better trust me thank you all for listening there's a pandemic out there, even if you don't believe it. So stay safe, stay cool, and check out episode two. <laughs>